Okay, come with me and we'll go on a journey of discovery. My friend Lorcan and I are climbing up into his attic. We're on the hunt for a Star Wars book that we were obsessed yeah. with as kids. Crazy. Oh, there's the N64. Yeah. <laughs> Over there on the... Oh, look. Oh, I think that might be... Um... <laughs> Just the storage for something else. I'm not sure. I think it's... I think that is my bought it on eBay. Oh, okay. So it's not like the original oh, one we got. The one we used to play. Yeah. But it does have like a, st a stormtrooper on it. That's our first. <laughs> that's that's our first that's our Star first. Wars. It's like when like you know Indiana Jones is going into the temple and he sees some sort of symbol or something. And it's like he's <laughs> like on the right track. He knows he's going to the right place. I lost my copy years ago, but Lorcan reckons he still has one. This big box that says Lorcan is it away in the right area? Which big box? There, over there. Oh yeah, I think that's, that's a good sign. I have to say, I envy the Star Wars kids of today. Not a year goes by without a new Star Wars film arriving in their local cinema from a galaxy far, far away. And at the risk of sounding like crazy old Ben Kenobi, we had it tough when I was growing up. I was born in 1983, the year The Return of the Jedi was released. My life started as a Star Wars drought began. It would be more than 15 years until the release of The Phantom Menace. We waited for so long for that awful film that we convinced ourselves it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> I, could, I could just about fit. <laughs> and up until this point, our lives as Star Wars fans had been limited to well-worn VHS copies of the original trilogy. For us, Tatooine and Hoth existed only on 15-inch tellies in our bedrooms. We did have one thing, though. In the barren wasteland of Star Wars films that was my childhood, we had Shadows of the Empire. Wait a minute. Oh, Motherload. Oh. Okay. Motherload. Some Star Wars books. The Mandalorian armor. No, that's not it. Okay. The Last Command. No. The Courtship of Princess Leia. That sounds fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, heir to the Empire. Ooh, I think that might be the one with, um... What's the name of that guy? He's like the best character that was ever introduced in these. That Grand Admiral Zahn. Oh, yeah. I can't think. But like, they made all comic books about him on. He's blue. Oh, I think I see it. Oh. Underneath this one. Tales from the Empire. No. And this looks like the cover. Shadows of the Empire. There we go. Jackpot. Steve Perry. This explosive new novel is in the best-selling Star Wars saga reveals an untold story that takes place between the movies The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. It's the Star Wars film you've probably never heard of, which makes sense because it wasn't a film. In 1996, with a growing chasm between Return of the Jedi and the much-anticipated Phantom Menace, Lucasfilm needed to bolster the franchise. They wanted the excitement and buzz of a movie without the hassle of making a movie. The plan was to create action figures, trading cards, comics, a novelization, video games, and a soundtrack. Everything but the movie itself. I'm Liam Garrity. It's time to meet your maker. <coughs> Excuse me. Meet your maker.
The author of this book that we dug out in the attic is Steve Perry. Perry had been called in at very late notice to write the film novelization of the Jim Carrey film The Mask. Impressed with what he was able to do and in such a tight turnaround, his editor repaid him by suggesting him to the folks at Star Wars. They were looking for someone to help come up with the story for Shadows of the Empire, to bridge what happened between Empire and Jedi. He was summoned to the famous Skywalker Ranch, the secluded workplace of George Lucas. Yeah, I got to go in and meet all these people, and there were some pretty heavyweight people. There were artists and writers and, and publishers and, and producers, and we sort of sat around and, and basically knocked out an outline for the story. They had come up with the the basic premise of a, a, you know a kind of a darker Star Wars uh, project, and so. So I had that laid out, and then we just started coming up with other characters and players and scenarios that would give everybody a chance to put their oar in the water, as it were. While this method of creating a story may seem overcrowded, Perry says it worked. You had a group of people around the table who were all very bright and who all wanted this to work, and so they were all throwing out their ideas that the game people would say, well, you know, we need to have a motorcycle chase. Well, not a motorcycle, but... The, you know, the Star Wars equivalent. I said, okay, fine. As far as characters for their story went, they were missing one key ingredient. We couldn't use Han Solo because he was on ice. You know, he was frozen in a block of carbonite. So I came up with his basically younger, cockier brother. While he wasn't Han Solo's brother as such, Dash Rendar was similar. A charming smuggler with a spaceship, Outrider, not unlike the Millennium Falcon. He could fill the void until Solo thawed out. Everything seemed to be going smoothly, but Perry was still nervous. It was a big project to be at the helm of. He confided in other Star Wars novelists, Kevin Anderson and Christine Catherine Roosh, over lunch. We were sitting around and, and uh, I said, you know, I'm, I'm a little trepidatious about this. I mean, you know, maybe a million people might read this book, which is far more than they've read anything else I've written. And he said, you know, don't worry about it. Just be sure not to put your... your your home city on the on the blurb because you'll be getting calls at three o'clock in the morning from people that want to talk about it and at three o'clock in the morning you don't care if they love it or they hate it phone calls weren't the only thing perry had to worry about the internet though in its infancy was becoming the forever home of the irate star wars fan and i was still on aol and so i logged in one day and there was a note there on the star wars board that said, bad news folks steve perry is writing the shadows of the empire book and i went oh no i'm being i'm being killed before i even put a word on paper <laughs> he also received a death threat one of his fellow star wars writers remarked to him glibly is this your first Perry's story saw Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia join forces with Dash Rendar to battle an all-new villain, Prince Shizor, the leader of a powerful criminal organization, Black Sun. For the most part, Perry had a ball writing the novel. I wanted to have a scene where the droids were flying the Millennium Falcon. I, I said, I want to have a scene where, you know, R2 and 3PO, they, they, they fly the Millennium Falcon. They said, no, no, we can't do that. I said, oh, please, you, you, I really, I, this will be great, you'll love it. Well, I don't know. I don't think it's a good idea. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll write it as a set piece, you know, completely, complete beginning to middle to end. And then if you don't like it, you just pull the whole thing out and I'll replace it with whatever you want. And they said, well, okay, but, but we aren't going to like it. That's fine. So I wrote the piece. I sent it off. 
and I drummed my fingers waiting for them to come back, and eventually got back a, uh, a, a call. I said, uh, you know that scene with the droids flying the Falcon? I said, yeah. Can you make it longer? <laughs> I said, yes. Yes, I can make it longer. <laughs> Harry was also getting help from the fans, or at least the ones who weren't knocking him anonymously online. He knew that they knew much more of the universe than him. He experienced it writing for other big space franchises. I wrote in the Aliens universe, the Aliens movies too, and these people also take things very seriously. They, they, you get into minutiae, they know what color the lint was in Ripley's pocket last Thursday. And, um, and, and I don't, and so they are, they're quick to tell you, well, no, this is not the way it should be. I got a lot of information from people when they found out I was writing a book. One guy sent me a, a list of all of the planets that he had cataloged in the Star Wars universe and where they were and, and, you know, and, and what happened on those planets. I thought, this is great stuff because Lucasfilm didn't have anything like that. The, the, I asked them when I started writing, I said, do you have like a, a map of the galaxy? And he just laughed. Well, I, I used this guy's stuff, and then I, I sent him a note, and they said, yeah, sure. And they contacted him, and then he wrote a book for them, and that's essentially what it was. Perry's novel was the foundation for this multimedia event, a base for licensing to be built on. Action figures were made, comics were created, a video game for the Nintendo 64, which we played endlessly as kids, was released. A full soundtrack to the book was composed by Joel McNeely. Even a movie trailer made up of footage from the original films was cut. After the Empire Strikes Back and before Return of the Jedi, there was a time when heroes and villains alike lived in the shadows of the Empire. For my friends and me, it was the closest we came to our own generation's defining Star Wars film, albeit without the actual film. That's probably what made it so successful. We had nothing else. For us, it was a new hope. It, it's quite gratifying to, to, to see all of the things that came out of, of this outline that I did. And, and, and it was a collaborative project all the way around. A lot of people had a lot of input into it, so I can't claim any, any great authorship. But, but my piece of it was quite exciting. He's particularly fond of a limited edition statuette of Shadow's main villain. You know, I have a limited edition statuette of the villains. You know, there's, a, there's Vader you know, next to the Emperor, next to Shizor sitting on my desk and you know it's about six inches high and it's uh, it's just every once in a while i'll just kind of look up and go wow you know i, I wrote that that was that's so cool <laughs> for perry though his pride and joy is a paperback edition of his novel signed by mark hamill it reads for steve i heard my acting is much better in your book thanks in a moment lorcan reads from shadows of the empire but first Meet Your Maker is produced and hosted by me, Liam Garrity. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. Additional music in this episode was from the Shadows of the Empire soundtrack, composed by Joel McNeely. Meet Your Maker is a founding member of The Warren, the home of great Irish podcasts. You'll find more shows to love on thewarren.ie. Okay, over to Lorcan. Run through dozens of filters to ensure that there was a, no chance of the poison gas being introduced into it. Filtered the life. Oh, this is sort of boring, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, this yeah. is not how you remembered yeah, it. Yeah, the prologue is sort of shit. Let's see. Chewbacca roars his rage. Now, here we go. 
a stormtrooper grabbed at him and he knocked the man flying. Uh -huh.